What's up, everybody? We are back with another edition of Beers on the Gridiron. I am your host, Connor the Cat, with my co-host, as always, Tommy Tomatis. Hey, how you doing? And before we get into everything, we are drinking currently uh, Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA. Mm-hmm. Tommy, what you think about this one? All right, so um, originally I always go to the label and see what kind of ingredients they have in there. You know, some of them have like a citrus type of flavor to them and some of them had some more additives that is associated with the hoppiness that the IPA brings. This one actually doesn't taste like much. It just tastes like a very hoppy kind of IPA. Very hoppy. Yeah, very hoppy. So if you're into that, like if you're an IPA like kind of nerd where you just like the IPA stuff, then or the hoppy stuff, I should say, then this is your type. It tastes it tastes good. Don't don't get me wrong. I do like that kind of citrus twist that some of the IPAs yeah. do entail. But um, and, you know, not bad. I, I would definitely um, I would get it again. And um, I'm gonna give this a uh, 6.9. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna give it a 6.9. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm more of a like I, I really like the hoppy stuff. Um, so I do enjoy uh, you know this this hoppy hoppy beer where I can really just only taste the hops, and it is kind of like refreshing too. Like you got a cold bottle, like it, it goes down real. Real easy and like on a nice hot summer day, like it's a oh nice, yeah, nice beer, <laughs> nice beer to drink. Seven point two percent too, so it's you know it's it's up there as well. It's not not too too strong, but not too too weak either. Drink responsibly, um, people. I'm gonna give it a six five. Oh okay, honestly. okay. Like, there's nothing. Would you buy it again? Yeah, I'd buy it again. Um, there's there's just there's nothing like there's nothing special about it. No. Today. No, that's, that's why it doesn't get a higher grade. Um, nice, easy run of the mill, like typical beer. It's it's like a, it's almost like a Bud Light of IPAs, like just your basic, nothing to it IPA, but but good and refreshing. And yeah, something you can just kind of down. I feel like we both agree on that aspect of yeah. it. We like that kind of citrus twist or like a, a certain flavor that you could kind of taste like in the aftertaste of the IPA, yeah. not just the hops. Yeah. So Absolutely. that's kind of why I grade it a little lower. I do want to do more, more more due diligence on this brand to see if they have more of a that, that twist that I'm looking for. Yeah. But all in all. Well, big fan of Sierra Nevada. Um, yeah. The first time I was, I've tried the Torpedo uh, IPA. But all in all, I mean, you know, it's not bad. All right, so 6.9 and uh, 6.5. Correct. Tommy, what are we getting today? Oh, dude, we're going to take us around the league right now. So we got a few things going on. Um, Just dating back from like last week a little bit. uh, Morgan Moses was uh, released from the uh, Washington football team last week. And we've uh, gone over this player a couple times because we see him two times a year, probably for the last, um, I don't know how many years he was playing. Um, seven, eight years, somewhere probably along those lines. He's been in the NFL for a decent amount of time. Um, the guy's a warrior. I'm a big fan of Morgan Moses. The guy battles through injuries. He's, he's a tough guy. He toughs it out. He's going to be a tremendous asset for any team that actually could, you know, you know, sign him to their services. Um, I'm really curious to see where he goes, and especially in this type of NFL, well, actually any year in the NFL, you're really looking forward to bolstering that offensive and defensive lines, and I think Morgan Moses does that. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, was, I wasn't I was really shocked um, that they released him. I know they were trying to trade him, um, especially after they drafted Samuel Cosby uh, out of Texas. Like, they have a pretty set offensive line. 
Um, they have some elite players in Brandon Sheriff. But, uh, you know, Morgan Moses is one of those guys that was, he was, he was kind of like the rock on that offensive line this past year. Like, yeah, man. He, he, he started, he played very, very well. You can move him around. Um, and he's not going to quit, you know? Yeah. Like, and, and that, like, he can play right tackle, he can play left tackle, he can, he can move inside. Uh, I think he's a very, very valuable type of player. And one that I would really like on my team, love it if the Giants, like, took a flyer on him because I don't think he's really going to be, uh, you know, too expensive. No, nah, I don't think so either. I, I don't think he remains a free agent for very, very long. I don't, and I'm surprised it's actually been a week. Yeah. You know, I thought he would have, like, signed on with somebody. Well, I'm sure he's been visiting different places and stuff. I am sure. It's kind of under the radar, and we're going to get into that, actually, with our next guy that comes up, but I just wanted to ask you. So they did draft Samuel Cosby in the draft, and he's probably going to start, what, left tackle, I would say? I don't know. Is, is he going to play left tackle or is he going to play right tackle? Because you got Cornelius Lucas, who's still on the team, right? Right, um, but, I mean... Eh. I mean, I, not that he's, like... Yeah, that's what I'm saying, good, you know? I just, I'm looking at their offensive line. You bring up a good point. Like, Brandon Sheriff's just a beast. So, he's nice having there in the, in the middle of that offensive line. But I would like to see them bolster that tackle position because, I mean, those, those are the money makers right there, you know? It's, it's just so weird. And this is kind of like what we've been sub, like, subjected to. Uh, I almost forgot how to pronounce that. No, you did great. Um, like, if you're not a, a, a bona fide left tackle that's picked, like, within the first, like, 15 picks of the draft usually you're starting I mean like for the most part you're, you start off at right tackle or sometimes even guard and they slowly transition you to that left tackle spot where you're not just jumping right to the wolf which makes sense to me in, in some regard but also like hey if there's a lot of tackles that play left tackle in college that fall in the second and third round who's to say and if you need them to come and play left tackle have them play left tackle. Yeah. If, if they struggle a little bit their first year, okay, that's to be expected. Like, yeah. There's going to be some growing things. But, like, I don't see why not when you have a guy like Cornelius Lucas. And Sam, I think Samuel Cosby's potential is way higher. Than I his. agree. So why not just be like, you know what, throw him right in there and just ride, ride the wave, ride the ups and downs. Now, you said something there. I don't want to focus too much on it, but you said growing pains. So, of course, you're going to get through that with any kind of type of young player or new draft pick. But, you know, can Washington, the Washington football team really afford to have growing pains? They're in a division. They're probably better off than all the other three teams in it. So, they're, they're, and that, that division, in my opinion, is theirs to be lost. So, do, can they afford to really go through those growing pains? Or, like, do they need to make an addition, like, sooner? But the thing is, I don't know if they have, they have a choice for them. What they because could do is they could probably play Samuel Cosme at left tackle and they could maybe sign a guy like Mitchell Schwartz. They could do that. Who's still out there. They could do that, that would be a good move for them because they are ready to win that division. That would be a really good move for them. Yeah. Because really, every, everywhere's a strength right now. Yeah, except right. For, except for quarterbacks, kind of a question mark, but you know Fitzpatrick can win you some games, especially if he's got talent around him. That defense can definitely win you some games. Um, my big thing was just Fitzpatrick losing the games. I'm curious to see about that too, because as we've seen with, with Fitzpatrick the last couple of years, he's been good like 
through like a four game stretch and then he's completely shit to bed. And he's horrible. Like, so that's, I mean, that's it. You, you don't get an in between with him. You either get right. And in he, Washington, he's not looking over his shoulder. I mean, you can make all the speculation about Taylor Heineke all you want. No, exactly. Thank you. But he's not looking over his shoulder at anybody. So if he doesn't pan out after what four or five games, they got nobody. I know, and that well, that's my big question. Why I don't just jump out. If you were to ask me who the favorite is right now, I've flip flopped over the past few weeks who I think the favorite is in that division. I'll agree um, with you. I think because like you, you do got the Cowboys who have on paper at least one of, if not the best offense in the league. But I would say I wouldn't say the best. I would say top five for sure. But their defense is suspect. But again, that offense being as electric as it is, yeah, in football games. And if Fitzpatrick shits the bed more often than not, Washington's in trouble. And that's really just because it's the most important player. Uh, so that that division, I, I think, is more up for grabs than it is like anybody's to lose. Uh, like I think. Because again, I, I would say that like the Washington football team, the Giants, and the Cowboys are all like around that same level, and they only have like they have question marks, but they're in that same level. And the Eagles, who I think are on the outside looking in because they're kind of retooling stuff, they can be a dark horse if Jalen Hurts, if he he's the big X factor for them. If he turns out, he takes a big leap in year two. The Eagles are right into that mix. That's interesting you brought that up because uh, me being a very avid and ferocious Eagles fan, I do my due diligence on looking up information on them. A lot of uh, NFL people in the around the league circles do believe the Eagles are going to win nine games this year. I've seen, it's funny, the amount of, like a lot of people that did like the, the predictions for wins, I've seen most of the NFC East, like, I've seen 10, 9, 9, 6. Yeah. Like in terms of wins for four teams. And a lot of those teams have been flip flopped around for who's right. going to be each one. But they're all like around that area. And I think that's, I think it's going to be very, very tight again. Very competitive. I agree. And it's just got a lot of questions. Does Daniel Jones take the jump? Does Jalen Hurts take the jump? Does, what does the Dallas defense look like? Is Dak kind of back to form? Washington, what does Fitzpatrick look like? Do you get the good or do you get the bad? Or do you get the good more than the bad and the bad more than the good? <laughs> that's it's really gonna come down to all of those factors. And if yeah. you get all of them in the same breath, then you have them all in the same breath, it's gonna be a very, very competitive division like it once was. And it's going to be fun to watch. It's really going to be fun to watch because you're not going to know who's going to who's going to be the favorite going into these divisional games. I think the favorite right now would be the Dallas Cowboys. And That's, like you, and I'm, you brought up a great point, I flip-flop all the time. Yeah. I think it's between Washington and the Giants. And because I, it's factors. We, it is. It's, it's questions that we don't know. because. But it's more questions we have answered as of today. Sure. You know, Absolutely. so I could say all I want that I could see the Eagles winning nine games, but there's too many question marks to actually put them in the conversation that, to win the division. That's my big thing with the Eagles and why I have them on the outside looking in is the amount of question marks. Those question marks can be answered and they can be answered in a positive light where like Jalen Hurts takes that big leap and shows that he's a starting quarterback. The defense, a lot of their young guys in the defense show up yeah. and like they do uh, a, at least a serviceable job. 
that that answers questions and that puts them right back into the mix. The Giants, right now, I think they have them and Washington both probably are like right there with like complete rosters. Yes, but, and they have questions at quarterback. I think the Redskins probably have a better offensive line than the Giants do. It's it's close. It's very close. It's very close. I would maybe because Giants maybe. take a lot of heat for their offensive line, but I think with the Redskins, uh, and it's football also very team, young. football team, I should say, yeah, very young, yeah. right? So, so you, you, you kind of hope that, and you got Nate Solder coming yeah. back too. That's going to help out a little bit. I know he hasn't been great no, since but, being a Giant, but you know that's okay. He's still a seasoned vet who's coming in to yeah, you know help uplift the and offensive he, and line he, room. And what he does is he's a very good leader where. He stays after practice and helps the young guys. He did that with Eric Flowers when he was there, staying after, showing yep. him techniques and stuff, which, you know, obviously Eric Flowers didn't pan out, but I think that was more so. On Eric Giants. Flowers. I, well, I think it was more so the Giants not utilizing him at the position that he should have been utilized. But at. they drafted him to be a tackle. I know. I you know. know so but, but, it's... But, but, you know, accept your losses and move and try to, you know, get Find the a place for him, him, yeah. But but he he's there to help. He's not a guy that's like, no, I'm doing whatever I can to start and like fuck these other guys. Like, he's a team I'm, player. I'm, I'm there to help. I'm there to help these young guys, and that's very oh, valuable. You know, at, at how many how many million dollars are you making this year? Sixteen, yeah. something like that. And nah, they did a they did a, pay they did a restructure. Yeah. Good, they should have. He's making like three million. And I'm glad he did that. And I think I think you brought up a great point that he's willing to stay after practice and help the younger guys because I think that's what we're going to miss most this year about Jason Peters. Yeah, big time. So big time. That's another thing. So now we're talking about the NFCs. Let's go into our next uh, around the league uh, acquisition that we have going on. Ryan Kerrigan signing with the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe it was last Monday the news yeah. broke. So given this is uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, I'll start with my synopsis or analysis of this one. I think this is an A plus signing for the Eagles. Uh, can I just say real quick? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. When I see this move, you know who I think of? Who you think of? Torturing the Giants for so long, Connor Barwin. <laughs> I, I think that Ryan Kerrigan at this stage is going to give you that Connor Barwin level impact around the edge, yes. which is still very good. See, uh, the first thought I had was him playing defensive defensive end. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Off the edge. I think he's going to be a stand up joker linebacker yeah, position. Yeah, I can see that. And he's gonna he's gonna not play like a like not a lot of snaps. Maybe around like I don't know. Like last year in Washington, he played what thirty eight percent of snaps, thirty five something like that. Was it? So yeah, it was something like that. Well, you got Chase Young, Montez Sweat there, so they want to give the young guys a little bit of snaps. But he's still so like, he's valuable. He is very valuable. He's a great locker room presence, a great personality. He's someone even to bring up probably Derek Barnett, players like that. Um, he's, he's Jonathan Gannon even is on record saying that he doesn't have a scheme. He plays to his players' strengths, yeah. which is which what is, I want to hear from my coach. Does the same thing. I struggled. I struggled with it for many years with like you know Doug and like um, I can't forget the defensive coordinator when Chip Kelly was there. Oh my God, uh, something Davis. It's bothering me. Anyway, so just having a coach that says he doesn't have a scheme, wants to play, put the players in the right position to succeed, is just so, just great to hear oh, yeah. from a from a fan perspective. So anyway, let's get that out of the way. I'm falling in love with the coaching staff right now. But anyway, so Ryan Kerrigan, I believe, is going to be a stand up type of Joker linebacker who is also going to like split snaps between Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, and himself, of course. So I think this is an A plus signing. You can't go wrong here. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see Ryan Kerrigan on the right side in the NFC East. Big time. <laughs> Big time. I, think, I, really, I really do think that he is going to be an, an, like an impact player where not an every down player, but every time that he, he's he's going to be a guy that like gets you a big sack right. when you need it. And but, this came out of nowhere, yeah. Because I'm I'm expecting the Eagles' next signing is going to be a corner. Maybe a I thought steal. Washington was going to resign him, honestly. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it was earlier Monday morning. He said bye to the Washington fans. You know, thanks for everything. You know, blah blah blah. Four hours later, Sign. hey, yeah. thankful to be in Philadelphia. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. I thought Stephen Nelson was going to be the next signing for the Eagles because we really need that second yeah. second corner. But can't can't argue with it. If you can't get the corner, hey, at least get the pass rush yeah. good. You know, so it makes your corners better doing exactly. that. So, um, a plus signing for me. Thank you, Harry Roseman, for that. So, next thing I want to get into is the big topic of discussion over last week and this week. And you already know where I'm going. I see your reaction, uh, Julio Jones. So. There was a couple of reports flying around that the Falcons initially wanted a first-round draft pick for him. I don't think anyone believed they were going to get that. Well, apparently. Okay, go ahead. Word on the street is there is an offer out there from one of the teams that's not disclosed yet with a future first-round pick involved. Mm, I think that's them driving up the price. I Maybe, maybe, because I would find it very odd that a team would pay uh, – future first round pick I mean or the next first round pick for a 33 year old not even that receiver. you're gonna pay for a re- you're gonna pay a for future first round pick for a receiver that's on national television saying he's out of there I think that already devalues him immediately I don't really think that's that how could you have him come to come to training camp with that with that mentality how could you do that because I think that they they were the one I think the Falcons were the ones that were pushing moving him out First, and they he they asked for a trade. I heard, I heard it was Falcons really gauging it, and I, then he was like, "A word, like okay." All right, like, I, I thought I heard opposite, but I, I heard that he asked I, for I a mean, trade. I heard conflicting reports. Me too, me too. They, they were they were looking to move him. They started those conversations pretty early before I heard anything out of Julio's camp. So, like, I think it's more so like they're like, you know, we just got because again. <laughs> He didn't draft Julio. Didn't draft Kyle Pitts. The Falcons drafted Kyle Pitts. Yeah, but so like so moving Julio, like well, actually moving Julio is okay. But I think I don't know. I, I still think you bring up the draft to me. I think they should have still won quarterback. But anyway, so yeah, I, just just the teams that are interested right now um, are on record is the Titans, the Niners, the Ravens, the Colts, and the Chargers. Those are the one notable ones. Yeah, I, I love all of those and the Patriots. And the Patriots, I'm sorry. And if you want to throw it out there, I don't really believe it too much. But there was a re- actually there was a report that came out today that the Eagles actually called them about Julio Jones. But I don't think the I don't think the money makes much money, sense yeah. for the Eagles. So I don't see this happening. And they're not going to trade a receiver to the Eagles when they play them week one. They're not going to want to see Julio. So yeah. they're going to trade him to somebody who they don't even see. But um, if, if I were to pick where his destination would be, and I think it's not going to be for a first. I think it'll be probably for like a yeah, second no, or a third rounder or something like that. And I think it's going to be to the Niners. Yeah, I'm still going Titans. I know the report came out and said it was a long shot. But I think the Titans have showed the most interest. And you have A.J. Brown that's just like pretty much begging the Titans and Julio. And Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry said something too. Well, Julio's been training with Derrick Henry. Yeah, there you go. So, there's definitely a connection there, and and now that like the Titans have a big void at like their second wide receiver slot, it's crazy using Julio as like a wide receiver too. 
but that's exactly what he would be in Tennessee. I don't think so. I think I think that'll bolster him right up to wide receiver one. So, really? I, I, honestly I think, think he still has another couple years left. I, I, do, I do think he has a couple years left. Uh, and maybe it's more of a 1A, 1B thing. But I think, yeah, I think A.J. Brown, my, I, I'm, this is my bold prediction this year. I think he may be the best wide receiver in the league this year. I'm wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He has all the tools to be a dominant wide receiver. I mean, he, already is, he already is a dominant wide receiver one. But Let's like, say for shits and gigs, they don't get Julio. Like. AJ Brown's by himself. I know they're going to be double teaming. Oh, uh, absolutely. He's not. That that is a concern, but it's also he's still going to be getting targets. He's going to get more targets, like because there's no one else to throw to, so they're just going to have to forge him. And AJ Brown's that guy that can, even if he gets double teams, he what number one receivers do is they make shit happen. They they find ways to get open. They find ways to catch the ball, and he is one of those, like he can jump up. Catch contested balls. He can break yeah. tackles. He's fast. He's big and strong. He's got everything you want in a wide receiver one. So, uh, but but man, would that just be good for the Titans to have Julio and AJ? Oh yeah, dude. Sides of the field. Just yeah, that would help out Ryan Tannehill tremendously. Time, and time. you know, losing people like uh, as you said, Corey Davis and uh, Johnu Smith, they're going to need somebody they else need, in there. They, they you know, there's too much focus yeah. on. Not only AJ Brown, but Derrick Henry too. Exactly. You know, they they they're gonna be more predictable. Because I don't think they they didn't even draft a wide receiver, did they? Uh, I don't think so. I'm gonna have to look that up, but I really don't think so. So the next thing I want to jump into. Uh, oh wait, by the way, before I jump into the next thing, um, I still side with I think Julio is gonna go to the Niners. Mm-hmm. We'll probably revisit this next week, like we always do with the Rodgers camp. I, I, I'd also like to say the two other teams there too. I mean, like. Good, yeah. Does the Patriots make sense? Sure, but like, miss me with that. I don't. I don't want to see him on the Patriots. Like, I mean, they. Uh, what do we call it? that news broke on like Sunday that he wanted to go to the Patriots and he wanted to play with Cam Newton, but they just drafted Matt Jones. Yeah, so it's like I, you're gonna I, see. Well, yeah, and, and and the Patriots aren't a Julio away from making it on the Super Bowl. No, like, I, no, I they're not. I don't like, and I'm saying all these other teams like Julio goes to the Colts. Love that. Like, that's a deadly offense right there that they're going to make it. They can make a deep run. The Chargers, I really feel like they've done great things this offseason. You got Herbert coming back year two, ready to like pounce. You got Keenan Allen there, adding Julio to the mix. Yeah. Perfect for a young quarterback and a quarterback. Don't forget, there's still Mike Williams there, too. Yeah, Mike Williams. Mike Williams is still there. Yeah. Like, that, I'm saying, you, you have, yeah. that makes a strong, and you have Eckler. Um, like that. That makes they're a good team, man. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a really good team. So I, I hope they actually finally, because they've been a good team before, but I we haven't really seen them take that jump to be like in the Super Bowl, and I hope I hope they do that. But anyway, oh, they did. Sorry, just good. No, no, good. Titans did draft uh, wide receiver Des Fitzpatrick out of Louisville in the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I wasn't big on rotational that. type yeah. of guy, you yeah. know. Um, and the guy at LSU, but no guys that I expect to make like big impacts. No, no, no. So getting Julio there plus having that, you know, supporting cast, that would be awesome. Um, so let's jump into some Giants talk, if you don't mind. I'm sure you yeah, probably don't mind. Let's go to the uh, the Giants signing uh, Kelvin Benjamin at tight end and Corey Clement at running back. So I've already fed you my thoughts a little bit. Uh, I'll feed them again, um, but I want to hear yeah. your analysis first. So I'll start with um, – the more sensible one, Corey Clement. Uh, I love it. Uh, vet, like vet minimum, 
no risk. Uh, I won't say like high reward because like I still don't see him like playing like a tremendous amount of snaps. Yeah. But no risk and a decent reward. They needed a guy to be either a backup or you know the third string guy because they, right now they have Saquon Barkley, they have Devonte Booker. That's who they signed him. Yeah, in. Okay. and they they drafted Brightwell, who I'm not very high on. I think practice squad. More, I, I think they might he might be more of just like a special teams guy, if not practice squad. I see the that. other guys they have are practice squad. He needs development. Yeah, and he I don't needs... really see him being a big impact. Corey Clement is a proven running back that can do it all. He can run. Um, he can catch out of the backfield. They need a guy that can do that. He's he's similar to Devontae Booker, but you need you need bodies back there. You, do. you need bodies back there, and they didn't have any. And there, sure, there's a few on the open market. Um, I would have liked if they drafted. There's a lot of running backs late that they could have drafted instead of Brightwell um, that I would have felt comfortable as the third. Uh, string wide uh, running back. Yep. But Clement is a, a perfect, perfect candidate for that slot. Um, so uh, love is a strong word because you're talking about a third string no, running back. But you're right in your words right now because I had the luxury of having Corey Clement on my team for the last, I don't know, three, four years, whatever it is. And the only thing I can knock on him was that his ability to stay healthy. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing is, though, he had a heavier workload with the Eagles because nobody else could stay healthy. So he had to see true, but not true at the same time. Um, he had Miles Sanders there. I mean, he had Boston Scott there. He was another good like supplement. Well, I'm talking even there. before Miles Sanders was drafted. Okay, I mean, you still had Jay Ajayi there, like Eric Blunt, That's true. you know, in 2017. Then That's you had Jay Ajayi year that the year after that. So you still had running backs there in the room and such. But um, God, the only the only thing I would just knock on him is just injury history. And, and, that's and, really it. And that's the thing, though, too. Like, I mean. If, if he gets injured, so so be it. You signed him to a vet minimum to be a third string running back. No, right? I, I hope he stays healthy. Yeah, I really too. do because yeah. he's he's a good running back. He's a good third down back. He's good catching out of the backfield. Yeah. I he's a great guy. Great locker room presence. Every time he talks, he got me to buy in even more to him. He's a he's a great person to have around. I really hope he succeeds, and I don't say that about a lot about Giants running backs and such. But I hope he really yeah. does find a way. I do, I do yeah. too, because I think he's going to be a tremendous asset for you guys. I really do, yeah. and I, and I, I just I, I I would love to see a good person like him find his groove in the NFL yeah. again. I really well, would. I'm telling you, if he stays healthy, the opportunity is there to get on the field. Like yeah. he'll definitely get some snaps. I don't know how many. But he'll definitely get some snaps if he can say. Oh, he game. will absolutely. He'll be there on third down. Uh, yeah, you know, third down and, and uh, return. He could return too. Yeah, and that's and you said that special teams versatility. That's yeah. that's what Joe Judge loves. Everybody loves it, but Joe Judge especially. Oh yeah, special that, so. was he supposed? To, no, he was wide receivers coach, wasn't he? Well, he was a special teams coach in, in and then England. and then wide receivers. Okay. He, well, no, he was wide receivers first. Oh, okay. he, he's bounced like around every position. Okay, yeah, I don't like him. So anyway, Kevin Benjamin. <laughs> This one was like out of left field where he just kind of showed up on a tryout um, and they listed him as a tight end, which I was like, okay, that at least makes some sense because I immediately contacted you. It was like, yeah. am I crazy? Do I like that? No, I like this. Well, it was the I only like thing it. that made sense yeah. because he can't run. It wasn't even that. The Giants are loaded at wide receiver. The Giants, like, it's the Giants have seven, maybe even eight. I mean, and of course, like when you get to like the five, six, seven, like you're not talking about like oh huge impact players, but they have probably seven wide receivers that are capable NFL wide receivers right now. 
and that have played in the league. Kelvin Benjamin's out for three years. You know, right. Like, so I was like, okay. 20, yeah, 20, yeah, 20, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but he, <laughs> so he wasn't going to be able to compete for a spot in the wide receiver group. I think this is more of a, um, we want to light a fire under Evan Ingram, but we didn't know how else to do it because the free agent market wasn't there. The draft wasn't there. So, hey, we'll try something. I think, you know? I think that's part of it. So right now they have Evan Ingram, uh, Kyle Rudolph. They just brought Kyle Rudolph in. He's going to be a big red zone threat leader, uh, you know, blocker too. Um, but they have Caden Smith and Levi Toilolo. Who uh, Levi Toilolo? I don't understand why he's still on the team. I don't see the value in him at all. I know he's a, a blocking <laughs> tight end, but they, they, got they rarely they and they rarely used him last year in that role anyway. So what's the point? Caden Smith, I really like, uh, and I think he's a still a valuable piece. But again, too, when you got Kelvin Benjamin, who is six five two fifty. Like, you can't really dismiss that size and speed that he has. And even though he has, he's been out, I still am not fully convinced he's going to make this team. But if he does, and, and, and if he does, he's not going to be getting uh, a tremendous amount of snaps. But there's certain packages that you can have him in where I, he'll be kind of like the opposite of a decoy. Everyone else would be a decoy. And they can utilize that, yes. especially in the red zone. Like in the red zone, they can utilize that. They can do two tight end sets with him and Rudolph, and they can have Ingram maybe out like in the slot, and they have like Galladay. They just do like a big set like that where they have Ingram Galladay on the outside, Rudolph and um, and Benjamin on the inside, and they can come up with plays like that. So I think that there's like. With him, it's really just hard to tell because I'm hey, so man, not you just got you just got to wait till wait they go. Yeah, man. But, but there's no. But again, it's a it's another no risk. It's a training camp body. The training camp body yeah, is what it is. Yeah. It's a veteran minimum training camp exactly. body. Exactly. I won't and say high reward, but like no risk, good reward. If this guy makes your roster, I'll be shocked. Me too. So I, I, I I'm, will be I'm more. If I were to weigh between the two, I'm more likely to see Clement on the roster than Kelvin Benjamin. One thousand. And that's not saying a lot because this is Kelvin Benjamin's what first time playing tight end. Yeah, and he's also jumping into uh, a crowded, a crowded room right. where because Clement like they needed they need a running back three, and Clement jumps in right away and he's that. So he does. He doesn't have competition for that slot. If anything, Clement's like. Yo, straight up, I'm gonna compete with Devontae Booker to get that second running back slot. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Kellen Benjamin ain't competing with Evan Ingram. He ain't competing with Kyle Rudolph. He's competing with Caden Smith and Levine Toilolo. And if you don't beat them out, then like I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. That's it. So um just to like go into more Giants talk here, just to because I see it written down here. Um, let's go into Brandon Jacobs actually today. Wanting to try out at a defensive end. And then let's also integrate this into talking about Tim Tebow. Well, I'm going to switch it around and say, I'm going to talk about Tim Tebow first. first. Okay. And, and the, well, I'll talk about Brandon Jacobs first, but this is all due to Tebow mania. And this is like, I'm not going to say it's a problem because, like, who. It's not a problem, but it's. Stupid. It's and it's gonna start a trend. This is the like this is where it becomes problematic. Yeah. Is it's gonna start a trend 
where you're going to have all these guys and some of them are going to be doing it like they're going to be doing it for like a kind of like a joke like oh if Tebow can do it like I can do it and like let me like let me get a tryout and they'll run the tryout but they they won't like have any like real drive. Brandon Jacobs was a great running back in the league. You know, yeah. we won a couple Super Bowls, and he was a great asset to the Giants for many years. Why does he need to come back at 39 and maybe, make a maybe, defensive maybe, end push? He might have some competitive – he might have that competitive fire. He might want After to all couple, these years? He might want to make a, a couple extra bucks. What was the last time he played? 20, 2012? No, 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 no. It's got to be. Because uh, he won no, the Super Bowl. No, no, no. He, he, won, he won the second Super Bowl. But yeah, then 2011. Came, but then he came back – um, he went to the Niners, yep. and then he came back to it for a second stint in the Giants. I think it was like 2014. Okay, even so, it's been there. seven years. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, yeah. you know, these guys, like a lot of these guys have like competitive edges. Where like, I'm sure a lot of them, they their body betrays them more than their mind does, and they think, oh, I, I still have my athletic ability. I could maybe yeah. be, especially running backs. Well. And Brand Jacobs is a, a tough one because, like, he's not built like most running backs. No, he was. He's no, built like he could that's be true. a linebacker, right? Defensive end. So he's probably like, I definitely can't play running back anymore. But like, but, like why wouldn't end, why wouldn't Jacobs be a tight end? Maybe you know, maybe, maybe, he, you know? maybe that's what he's like, going for. Maybe he should. You, but why would you jump for the other the other side of the ball? I don't know. You know? It's just I, a, I don't know. I, I think it's all ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just like trying to get in the side. The side I'm, not, I'm not fucking quizzing you or anything. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just saying, like, I'm just this is, these are just inner thoughts I have about the situation. I just don't know how to like. But but this is just this just goes to show you my problem with this whole Tebow mania is a lot of these guys are going to start doing that. That's a and fun, I really, it's such a joke. I really think teams. Especially teams with like older GMs are dumb enough to fall for this. Oh yeah, I think they're dumb enough to fall for this. Or at least give a tryout and put these guys on, on spots, and they're not going to do anything. At the end of the day, and, all you're getting from Tebow is jersey sales. And the thing and is, too, and, and 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 if they don't, then you're going to deal with the whole privilege thing to Tebow, and that's going to be cause a much bigger controversy within the NFL, which they know. They never stray away from controversy. So either – that's a good point you brought up right there. So either this is really dumb or really smart on Jacobs because now someone's going to be obligated to – not obligated. I mean – hundred percent. You Jacobs think so? isn't the problem. Yeah. Jacob, do you, boo-boo? Yeah. Do, like if, if, if you think like, – I don't. I mean he's a gonna, big dude. I don't think you're going to get a chance, but like who cares if he said – like, okay, cool. That's, I mean, that's cool that you say that you want to But someone's that, at like, least going to call him in for a workout is what I'm saying too, you know, at be. least for that. Maybe. I, I would say at least, yeah. but – so, you know. I, I just think they, they've set a precedent with, with Tim Tebow. And obviously Tim Tebow is an outlier because Tim Tebow was a superstar. And that's not – not a superstar on the field. He was a superstar off the field. Yeah, his persona, his that he was one of the most like he talked about uh, polarizing, maybe the most polarizing football player ever. Why? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Why? exactly. I don't get it. <laughs> it was the whole the faith. The that's great. All, the, all, all just everything. But he was probably that, and that's why he's getting this opportunity. But it's just gonna create more problems. Like it, it, it defeats me and just confuses me as to why this this is happening. But 
you know, anyway, I, I could I could talk to him blue in the face talking about Tim Tebow getting a the getting only an opportunity. Way, the only way this works out is if Tim Tebow somehow is good, but not just Tim Tebow being good, the Jaguars have to be good. Yes. Because this is also everyone's saying, Oh, you know, we think that he can be an asset to our team, but also great in the locker room. And you already had reports where like the there's players and people in the organization that did not like this move. So it's if the dumb. Jaguars are a dumpster fire, it's going to blow up in everyone's face. This is another organization who's just begging to win and hired a big guy like Urban Meyer. And anything Urban Meyer says is going to go. That's all it is. They just drafted the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, arguably Peyton Manning. And they felt the need to bring in Tim Tebow. I, it makes no sense to me. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense at all. And if I see one play where I see Trevor Lawrence hand it off to Tim Tebow or pitch it or whatever it is, and Tim Tebow throws a freaking ball, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose it. I'm telling you. Because the guy couldn't throw when he was a starting quarterback, and I'm sure as hell he can't freaking throw now. Like like I said to you, when all this went down, you were like, oh, there's like a 0% chance he makes a team. I disagree because I think that the fact that they brought him in, I was like, as much as I disagree with it, like philosophically, I was like, the fact that Urban Meyer's there and they brought him in, he's gonna make the team and he's gonna get chances. And I think it's ridiculous, but I, I really do believe yeah, that he's gonna Connor, make this team. As time goes on, it makes me believe you more and more. And and I really didn't want to believe it, but yeah. I think this is a real thing. Tim it Tebow, shouldn't be, but it's. I, I just think it's gonna happen. I think Tim Tebow Whether could be like your. He could be you know starting for you week yeah. one when the season comes out. So. Let's uh, go into our next thing. So that's um, uh, let's go to uh, the Deshaun Watson news with the Eagles. Um, so I think that the Eagles probably are interested to an extent, but I don't believe that it would be the right move, and I don't think it, they it, they're going to make this move. And this is because I think you should see what you have in Jalen Hurts this year. Absolutely. And then you know you could be in a position where. You have three first-round picks next year. So let's say if Jalen Hurts like pans out, you can even build up your roster that much more. Yeah. Plus, with the new cap um, uh, we have in the news lately, where I think the cap is going to rise to two – no, 200 – I don't know. I think, I think it's like around 220. Is it 220? Okay. So the Eagles are going to have about $40 million plus in cap room next year. So, that I mean, you know, whether you're a cap believer or not, I mean – it's becoming less and less. Me too. You you can just, you know, navigate your way around yeah. the cap and structure contracts the way you want it to. But anyway, so I don't really look too much in that number. It's nice to see it go up again. But anyway, so I don't think – I think this is all just smoke, but I think there is a little fire there. I think well, the Eagles are intrigued. I, I, I think I think that all the teams are like, well, we don't have to make a decision this year. I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to play this year. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think the Texans might not win a game. I don't think, I don't think he's going to play this year because – they're already saying these like he's not going to get deposed till next year. How is wow. he, how is he going to play with all of this? Yeah, this no, game? I don't and think it, no team is going to trade for him until this is resolved. Absolutely not, unless unless they get unless like Texas are like sure we'll take a third round pick at this point from which they won't do. No, they won't yeah. do. No, yeah. they're going to hold on to it yeah. for as long as they can, but. This no is, team is trading multiple first round picks to a guy no, that they don't know. No. Week one, Deshaun Watson will be. I mean, I guess has the rights of the Houston. Yeah, but Houston yeah. Texans have the yeah. rights of Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be out there. I agree with you. Yeah. There's just too much going on with him. So I think this would be just a straight-up silly move for the Eagles. And I don't think they make it. I think they're going to play it out and see what they have on the roster. Yeah. 
So just uh, more Deshaun Watson Eagles news, which just angers me. But anyway, so the next thing that came out today was Todd Gurley visiting the Lions. So what do you, what do you think about that? Uh, it drives me crazy. Um, the Lions keep doing this where they have, they have DeAndre Swift. They, like, they did this last year, too, and they brought in Adrian Peterson. It actually worked out all right. But they just keep like stacking up running backs left and right. Where I'm like, yo, get get another cheaper guy to to be a backup or third down back, whatever. You don't need Todd Gurley. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't really have much thought of that. I love DeAndre Swift, so I, think I have that. just a, just one little thought about that. But like, has Todd Gurley's stock gone down that much where he's going to sign with the Lions, who might not even win four games this year? Yep. Wow, that's that's yep. just surprising. Yep, that's that, that's surprising. Jeez. All right, he so. can't run like he used to. Like he did score some touchdowns last year, but that's really it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But hey, you know, best of luck to you, Todd Gurley. I hope you sign on with somebody. All right, so that about does it with Todd Gurley. So the last thing I want to tap into is, uh, you know, the elephant in the room is Aaron uh, Rodgers. Um, so Matt Lafleur was on record last week saying that we want him back in the worst way. No shite. Yeah, I know. I think that ship is uh, the ship is sailed there. To be honest, um, you know, we talked about Devontae Adams being on record saying, you know, I have to reevaluate my decision with you know the Packers if they do move on from Aaron Rodgers because you know that's my guy. So I don't see a scenario with all this going on where he's on the team next year, and even by training camp. So that's um, we're already in uh, late May. It's going to be June next week. So we're thinking training camp kicks off, what, late July-ish? So I'm thinking he gets traded between now and, I don't know, July 26th, let's say. And, and you know what? What I took from his comments um, with Kenny Mayne this past week, where he said that he was like, it was never about Jordan. Uh, like, I love Jordan. Good kid. Like, you know, I, helping him prepare and everything. It was never about that draft pick. It's more about the philosophy that was more, even more telling to me because I was like, you know what? Aaron understands that there, that he's 37, about to be 38 years old, and they drafted a guy that they weren't looking to throw in for like an open competition right away, but they were looking past Aaron Rodgers. He understands that. But when they did that, they still refused to give him necessary help after that, and yeah. a year after. They didn't do anything like to make it better for him around. Like, and he has this MVP season, and still they, they – I mean, the best thing him. that they've done, and this is a guy who's even waiting to get on the NFL field, Amari Rodgers from Clemson. That's the best thing they've done for and him. I'm sorry. As In the last two I, years. And I, I, I like Amari Rodgers, and I think he's a really good slot receiver. But when that's the best thing that you've done – is draft a number 12, 13 receiver in a draft, that's a problem. It is a problem. That's a problem. It is a problem. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I think Amari Rodgers would be really good, and he's definitely one of the better slot receivers in the draft. But come on. Like, you had opportunities to add weapons, help, in the first three rounds for the past three years, and you've you, you, you failed to do that. And, like, just inexcusable picks, too. Like, it's not even like you were like, oh, we were really just bolstering the defense. 
You drafted a backup running back in the second round. Yep. You drafted a backup tight end in tight end, like fullback hybrid with a weird last name in the third <laughs> round. Like what like what do you do? Like, Don't hold weird last names accountable. Off, yeah, completely <laughs> off the board guys. Like what are you doing? I just don't. And I, I and I believe like Matt Lafleur is like, yo, I want I want Rogers back. They I have mean, a relationship and everything. We're on record for saying this too. Matt Lafleur probably took this job just because of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Who wants to stand down in December in Green Bay, Wisconsin? You know, not not too many people. No, I've been no. there. Trust me, it's <laughs> it's freaking it's, brutal. It's it is old. Yeah. old. It's bone chilling. Yeah. So, um, with that said, this is going to be like another situation we're going to revisit probably between now and uh, July like 25th, whenever like training camps kick off. So, there's two last things I want to bring up, and they're both Eagles related, and I just want to go over them real fast. So, we have Josiah Scott being traded from the Jaguars to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and I think this is just a move where they're trying to find that right mold for the new defensive scheme or what uh, Jonathan Gannon wants to run here. And this is a perfect opportunity. This is what teams do where they think that they're not going to get the free agent kind of, um, you know, acquisition that they could get. So they're looking for new coaches, new regimes that are coming in that are new and most likely probably do not value last year's uh, picks. So they probably took a flyer on a guy where Urban Meyer didn't really see a, a fit in his defense uh, next year. So, you know, not really much to say. This is just probably a move that I only see him being like a nickel corner. So this is only going to probably push Avante Maddox just a little more playing that position. I hope the Eagles don't make that same mistake that they made last year where they thought they could play Avante Maddox on the outside. I think he's too small, and I think he fits better with the um, with the slot kind of uh, position there. So I see more Josiah Scott as a challenge for Avante Maddox and being the um, the slot cornerback. So, and then just one more thing I want to bring up too is LaRaven Clark, the uh, swing tackle that they signed as a free agent uh, from the who was formerly with the uh, Indianapolis Colts, who was a third round pick. So he's a swing tackle. He plays left tackle and right tackle apparently, and I think this is pretty telling for player a, a player like uh, Andre Dillard who is a former first-round pick who wasn't really valued from the last regime and who might not be valued from this regime either. So I could see Andre Dillard possibly getting – needless. could I say cut, maybe even traded? I don't know if they'd cut him. I don't think they'd cut him either. I think it's a trade candidate. Maybe, but you also – Offensive linemen are valuable. You never want to – you don't want to go into a season with, with question marks – like you have a question mark one and a question mark with the other, let it play out. Yeah. Let them battle in camp, and then keep them for depth for injury purposes. And then next year, if everything turns out well, then you can talk about that. This is the strongest I I believe offensive line starting and depth I've seen on the Eagles in a long time. It's very good. It's very it's strong, very good. and I, I like to see it. Uh, I'm an old fashioned thinker. I think games are won in the trenches. So I think you should invest as much as you can in offensive and defensive line. So this is just another doing their due diligence and bringing another guy in who could play both positions and have that versatility. And in case Andre Dillard comes into camp and he's not strong like he used to or even what they expected, hey, you could do away with there him. There you go. So, Connor, I think that about takes us around the league. Uh, any final thoughts here? I think that's about it. I'm uh, just thinking about – Everything do we touch on? 
Oh, you got another yeah, thing? I don't think there was really anything else. Okay, yeah, no. I'm sure we'll have some more next week as, you know, uh, of course, we always say the NFL really never sleeps. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I guess if you have no oh, final thoughts. That was okay. Adam Vinterra retired. Ah. Greatest kicker of all time. Yes. Um, wish you well on your journey, Adam. Uh, you definitely won – Probably two Super Bowls for the Patriots. Absolutely. Like, I, re- I still remember that kick when he made it against the yep. Rams, man. Yep. Was that 2000? No. I think it was about Gi- 2000. Giants Ravens was 2000. It might have been a year after that. Oh, 2001. You're right. 2000. Yeah. Maybe it was 2003. No, it was 2003. No, I think it was 2001. Let's check. Because I think it was 2000 with the Ravens. You're right. And then it was the Rams. No. No. I think this is sooner. I think this was no, no, this was two thousand one. I believe. Let's say two thousand one. It's gonna bug the hell out of me, honestly. Well, well, Giants Ravens was technically in two thousand one. I get it. Yeah, so yeah. So maybe it was the two thousand one two thousand two season. I guess right. Yeah, you're right. Two thousand two. Okay. There it is. Okay. Right, so we're and then the Bucks won the year after, and the yep. Patriots yeah. the next two. Yeah, yeah. blah blah. Whatever. Bug the Anyway, <laughs> so, I mean, that completes my thoughts, man. I think we took around the league really well, and uh, we'll have more next week. So, anyway, so the next episode, um, that'll take us into the NFL, or who we believe will be having the down years next year and the uh, breakout years. And I want to go over comeback player of the year candidates that we have. So, um, I'm excited to get into that. And, I mean, that's all I got for this episode. Hey, you know, we'll talk to you later, you filthy animals.